0: We are on the bottom, the last few lines of Chafhei Amabes 25b4. And we have a little bit over a blot, one page left. And we will conclude this Masechta, this track date, in the beginning of next week. So we are almost done with the Masechta. The Mishnah, our Mishnah, it's a new Mishnah. It's continuing on the theme that we had from the last Mishnah, which is about when it is, when do we trust the Ama Aretz? the one who's not knowledgeable with regards to the laws of Tuman and Tahara, of purity and impurity. And here too we're going to see a case where we believe them specifically with regards to Qadshim. Specifically when it comes to Qadshim, in an area where there's greater stringency, so therefore they're going to be more careful, and also we want them to be involved. Uh, that's what we've seen in the past, and we'll see that we, there's another situation where we also believe them. The last mission was discussing believing them for Qadshim to say that the the kachim is pure uh, the entire year, and this mission is going to be discussing klecheres earthenware vessels. Now, in the base of Megiddo, they often used earthenware vessels, and the reason for this to use earthenware is because it's a bit technical, but the the law was that. Anything which is left over from the night after the korban, after that sacrifice was brought, you can't have anything which is left over. There are laws with regards to that, but at a certain point in time, you can't have anything left over. And just as we have meat and dairy pots, because we're concerned with the taste that's inside the pots, so then also we're concerned with the kachim, the kachim that was cooked in these pots and eaten on these plates, that there's kachim, that the, the food goes into the actual pots and plates and if it's not an earthenware vessel if it's metal so then the way to make it tahor, to make it pure is you have to put it into the mikvah but to put so many vessels utensils into the mikvah every single day is it's not so easy it takes a lot of time and effort but for an earthenware vessel there's no way to make it pure for an earthenware vessel that's the law and you would just have to break it up you have to break it and destroy it you wouldn't be able to use it again and so therefore they constantly reused the earthenware vessels, and it was also very cheap. So, they would constantly get, reuse uh, new vessels. They would destroy the old earthenware vessels, and just, I guess, put them back, they would destroy them, put them back into the ground, and then they would have new earthenware vessels that they would use in the base of Mikdash. So, they were constantly using earthenware vessels, and there was a bit of a shortage of earthenware vessels, especially in in Jerusalem, where the base of Mikdash was, because, there is a separate law that they weren't allowed to have the ovens which make these earthenware vessels, they couldn't exist in Yerushalayim. These kilns, weren't able; they weren't able to exist in Yerushalayim because it created a lot of smoke. And we don't want to have so much smoke because in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, because it will, it will blacken the walls of Jerusalem, of the old city, which is what Jerusalem was, but the old city of Jerusalem, it's going to blacken the walls. And so therefore, we do not allow them to make these ovens to make the earthenware vessels. So in Jerusalem itself, they did not produce these, they didn't make, manufacture these earthenware vessels. So the reason why this is all important is because they must have had the earthenware, earthenware vessels, often they got it from outside of Jerusalem. And there was a bit of a shortage. So therefore, we said that you are allowed to believe the Amaaret, if there's Uh, uh, an Amaaret, he's less knowledgeable in the area of Tuma and Tara, of purity and impurity, and he's selling, he or she is selling the earthenware vessels, so then we trust them to say that it is pure, that it can be used in the base of Mikdash, in the temple, and that it is pure because there is such a shortage. And that's what our Mishnah is going to be discussing. Just one more introduction before we get to the Mishnah is that Rashi points out Rashi, our classic commentator, he points out that in general, we're, we're just, we're khoshish. We are, we're concerned that the Amaretz made something impure. It's not that it's definitely whatever they use is impure. That's not the case. It's that we're concerned that, that maybe there's something which is impure here. And so he says, Rashi explains, that for us during this time in Jerusalem where there's a, a shortage of earthenware vessels, for us to say that you cannot buy from the amaret from the one who is not knowledgeable less knowledgeable in the areas of purity and impurity. So that is something which the tzibur cannot handle. That would be a rabbinic decree, which the phrase is, ha tzibur the tzibur, the, the people, the public, they wouldn't be able to to really handle such a decree. And this is a general concept that if they're not able to handle such a decree, to say that you cannot buy from the amarit, you can only buy from the Chavar, from the one that is knowledgeable... That's something which they cannot handle. If they can't handle it, so then we're not going to institute such a decree, which is really a broader principle that the rabbis only made a decree in which the people would be able to handle, the majority of the people would be able to handle. In this case, the majority of the people would not be able to handle not trusting the Amaretz because they need to have their earthenware vessels to bring to the base of Magdush and there was a shortage. And so therefore we said that we believe the Amaretz when they say that this earthenware vessel is tahor, is pure. Now we only believe them when it comes to kachin, specifically in the area of using that in the service of the base of mikdash. That's when that's when we will believe them. It's not that we will believe them for any usage inside Jerusalem, inside Yerushalayim. It's only with regards to using it in the base of mikdash, in the temple. Okay, so the reason why we believe the Am'arets uh, to tell us that the earthenware vessel is pure, and you can use it in the base of mikdash is because otherwise we wouldn't be able to handle it. There's such a shortage that the, the majority of the people would not be able just to rely on the cover and the person who is knowledgeable in these laws. So says the Mishnah, that's the introduction to the Mishnah, says the Mishnah, that from Modi'im, Modi'im is a city very close to Yerushalayim. It is approximately 15 mil, 15 mil a mil is about six or seven-tenths of a mile. So 15 mil is approximately nine miles from Jerusalem. So from the city, that's when we believe the Amaharetz. We don't believe the Amaharetz to tell us that an earthenware vessel is Tahar outside, beyond that, those 15 mil, beyond those nine miles. But if it's within Modi'in, within nine miles of Jerusalem, from the area of Modi'in, so then we will believe them, because that's already close to Jerusalem. So then... It seems, uh, it seems close to Jerusalem, it's a time when we, it's a, It's an area in which uh, they're very close to bringing their korbanos, their sacrifices, so then we will believe them to say that the earthenware vessels are pure and could be used in the temple. We know, but if it's outside of Modim, if it's beyond the 15 mil, the 9 miles, they're not believed. What's the case that we believe them? So it's very specific. The kader, the potter. Who made the earthenware vessels? He comes into Modiin, into the city of Modiin. He goes really closer to Yerushalayim, after leaving Modiin. <inaudible> Hu akader, so it can only be if that amarit is the potter. Veheinakaders, and meaning he didn't give them to another person, and it's his earthenware vessels. He didn't get it from somebody else. vehena and the chaver, the one that's using it for the service in the base of Mikdash, saw this potter coming in to Modiin. He saw this person coming into Modiin. He saw that he was coming in to sell it, only in such a case where it's the potter himself who's selling it. He's selling his own stuff. And we see that he's traveling into Modin. Modin seemed to be a hub, really, for, for these earthenware vessels. This is where they made a lot of earthenware vessels. So then if they are within, the they already went past the city, closer to Yerushalayim, and we see them going in, closer to Yerushalayim, then they are believed. We believe them. But if it's not the... The the Am Ha'aretz is not the potter. He didn't make the Rhythm of Vessels. And it's not his. Let's say he made them, but the ones that he currently has, they are not his. Um, Or we didn't see him travel, so then we don't believe him. Yata, and if he leaves Modin, if he's beyond the 15 mil, the 9 miles, then also there too, also, Eno, Naaman. We do not believe the Am Ha'aretz. So it's very specific. It's only when we're very close to Yerushalayim, where... Uh, the person really needs his earthenware vessels, and it's getting very close. He has to bring his korbanos, his sacrifices, and he's about to give it. He's very close to to Jerusalem. Only then do we believe the ama'aretz, the one who is less knowledgeable, and it's only when it's clear that it was his. He's the potter, and it's his, and it's his earthenware vessels that he made, says the Gemara. Tana modim Pa'anim kilafnim it seems in the Mishnah that it's unclear about the city of Modian itself. It sounds like when you're past Modian and now you're closer to Jerusalem, so within the 15 mil, within the 9 miles, so then for sure he's believed. But what about in the city itself of Modian? Do we trust the Amaris or not? So the Gemara says, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. When is it that we do and when is it that we don't? So, Kei what's the case? Kadar Yotzei V'chavir Kilifnim When do we trust him? We definitely trust him when the potter, the Amar's potter, is leaving. The Chavar, the one who's knowledgeable and is bringing the Korban, is le- is coming into Modian to come to Jerusalem. He's traveling to Jerusalem through Modian. This potter is now leaving. This is his one chance now to, or what he thinks is his one chance now, to get earthenware vessels that are tahor. So at that point in time, we believe him because even though he's in the city of Modian, and he's a little bit further away from Yerushalayim, so you might say that really we shouldn't trust the Amar's when you're so far away from Jerusalem. But no, because the Qadar... The potter is leaving, and he's going in. So therefore, that's a one-time opportunity. We believe him. We would believe him. However, Shnei let's say they're both going, traveling from Modin to Yerushalayim. So then you should wait. Don't get it in Modian. Wait till you're closer to Jerusalem. And then we trust the Amaretz. Oh, Shnei and Or let's say both of them are leaving. If both of them are leaving, so then we say, We don't trust them. If they're both leaving, and this... Achavir, uh, the one who wants to bring the korban, and the sacrifice, so why didn't he ask for it beforehand? He should have asked for it when he was closer to Jerusalem when we certainly believe the amarit. So the fact that he didn't because we he didn't ask him earlier, and now they're both leaving and they're heading towards Modian, they're now in Modian. So we won't trust them we won't trust the amarit when they're in Modian itself because the the one who wanted to bring the sacrifice and who cares and who's knowledgeable and cares about these laws, he should have asked for it when he closer to Jerusalem. That's the time that's the place sorry, to trust the Am Ha'aretz. So again, the only time that we trust the Am Ha'aretz when they're in, actually in the city of Modin itself is when the Am Ha'aretz is leaving the city, going back home, a w- further away from Jerusalem. the one who's bringing the sacrifices, going now into Modin, traveling towards Jerusalem. This he views as his one-time opportunity to get uh, earthenware vessels that are tahar, that are pure, and so then we trust him, but otherwise we wouldn't trust him. So Abayi says, I have proof to this idea that, that there's, sometimes we believe the Amar, it's in Modin itself, sometimes we don't. I can prove it to you from the Mishnah. We're now in Chavav, Amit Aleph, uh, 26A1 in the Artscroll. When is it? The Mishnah says, Lifnim Min And the Mishnah itself said, that when do we, first it says that we trust the Potter." When he is inside, when he's now closer towards Yerushalayim, past Modin, it sounds like you're not believed in Modin itself only when you travel closer to Yerushalayim. But then in the end of the Mishnah, the, end of the Mishnah says, that you're not believed, the Amarites is not believed once he left Modin. But in Modin itself, he is believed. So there seems to be a contradiction. In the beginning it says that he's only believed if he's closer to Yerushalayim, no longer in Modian. In the end, it sounds like he's believed when he's in Modin itself, he's just not believed once he leaves Modian further away from Yerushalayim. So which one is it? So it must be, like what we just said, sometimes we believe the Amaretz Potter. sometimes we don't. When the Amaretz Potter is leaving uh, leaving Modi'in to go further away from Yerushalayim. And the Chaver, the one who is knowledgeable and he wants to bring his sacrifices going out into Modi'in to travel to Jerusalem, so this, him, for him, it might be, a one time opportunity, before he, gets to the base of Migdash, to get, uh, earthenware vessels, that are tahar, that are pure, so then we believe him, but in any other case, we do not believe, the Amaretz, in the city of Modian, itself, okay, now a few more, qualifying statements, Tana, the B'risa says, Ne'amana Lakodash, we only believe the Amarats outside of Jerusalem, meaning for those nine miles, we only believe them with regards to these small earthenware vessels. These are small earthenware vessels for the larger ones. Uh, we don't believe them in such a distance. We'll get to it later on where uh, where we do believe them with regards to the larger ones, but we only believe them with regards to these smaller vessels, not with regards to the larger vessels. And that's the reason, the reason for that is because uh, you're only using smaller vessels. You're using the Everyday pots and cups and, and forks and knives, you're not using, uh, you're not using bigger vessels for the, in the base of Middash, So therefore, there's no reason to believe them when it comes to the bigger utensils. Uh, so we only believe them with regards to the smaller utensils. Furthermore, Umm Lakish, says, we're gonna have the following dispute now. How big is big? Or how, really, how small is small? Reish Lakish says, you have to carry it in one hand. That's what it means by small. Even if you have to carry it in two hands, it's still fine. Dispute whether you have to carry it in one hand or not. How small is small. Now there's another dispute. What happens if these klicheres, these earthen, earthen, earthenware vessels, have something inside of it? So we're not going to believe the Amar, with regards to what's inside of it. So if we're not going to believe them with what's, what's inside of it, so then do we believe them with regards to the actual earthenware vessel itself also? So Avam Lo. We only believe the Amah Aretz, the potter, when there is nothing inside. But if there is something inside, so then we're not going to believe him, even with regards to the to the earthenware vessel itself. We're not going to believe them because just like we don't believe them with regards to what's inside, because there is no reason to believe them with regards to what's inside. So then we also won't believe them with regards to the pot itself. Rabbi Yochanan Amar again, there is a dispute. Rabbi Yochanan argues, and he says, No Afilu Meleim, even if it's full Afilu Apir even if his own garments are inside the utensil it is fine even though we won't uh, we would say that whatever inside is it will, will be concerned that it is impure but the earthenware vessel itself will say that it is pure because that's what's needed the people need those earthenware vessels Vavarava, Rava just uh, adds on to this this opinion of Rabbi Yochanan whatever is inside is tame, is impure meaning the the outer, the vessel itself is pure, but what is, whatever's inside is impure. And we'll make such a distinction, even though it's it's hard to understand that distinction, because if one is impure, then the other one should also be impure. But no, the whole idea behind this is that we just have to trust the Amaret with regards to the earthenware vessels, because that's something that the tzibur, the, the public, they need this, otherwise they won't be able to Really use utensils in the base of Migdash. So we'll be lenient with regards to the actual earthenware vessels. Even though we are going to be stringent with regards to whatever is inside. Now at the time and don't be concerned with this. We find this in other places as well. They bring a parallel case. A case which we had earlier. The details are, uh... The details are a bit nuanced, but the idea is ultimately a similar idea where the outer cli, the outer utensil was impure and the inner, what's inside was pure. The mashkin, the water which is inside, is pure. That's the, the halacha in that case. So we find cases where we distinguish between the vessel itself and what it is holding. So Soto over here, we'll believe the amaritz to say that the, the uh, earthenware vessel is tahor is pure, even though what's inside of it is tameh. Whatever's inside it is impure. And again, the whole reason behind this this uh, idea is because they needed to have more earthenware vessels, They didn't have enough, and so therefore, we had to say that even though in general we're concerned that if the, what the amaritz has is impure, we're concerned for that. So then we we won't be concerned when it comes to the earthenware vessels, provided that they are. Close closer to Yerushalayim, at least nine nine miles uh, within Yerushalayim, which is close enough to Yerushalayim for us to say that, you know what, now at this point we could already believe the Amma to say that it is pure because we need to. We need to have earthenware vessels once they're so close to Yerushalayim. Okay, that concludes this Mishnah. We have a lot of short Mishnayos here. Uh, there's a few short Mishnayos with uh, shorter commentary from the Gemara. And in the next recording we will discuss the next Mishnah. We have another Mishnah, we have a few more Mishnayos before we finish the tractate, the Masachta.